Last week on Thomas and the Bible, the apostles continue to do better than Jesus at spreading the word throughout Judea after being chased out of Jerusalem by Saul of Tarsus. Philip gets busy in Samaria, surpassing the sorcerer Simon's supernatural slights, who subsequently saw the signs and sought similarly saintly superpowers. Saul of Tarsus goes blind and becomes a real tool of God. Not his choice, though, because free will will only become an issue later when somebody invents apologetics. Paul. Here's the palsy. I wonder if they named it after him. And makes a zombie. Peter gets hungry and has a vision where God says that previously unclean food is now A-OK. Yay, bacon. Finally, Gentiles get to join the Christians and lose their free will too, with a yawn count of zero. Zero. Well, that was exciting. Hello, it's Thomas in the Bible. Uh, this is Thomas in your Bible speaking. Uh, we've missed you. It's been a week. And we're right back at you with Acts 11 through 14. <laughs> yeah, I, I never thought of it. Each, each chapter should be like an act. It should be like the act for this chapter is, uh, and then someone does an act, like a comedy act. That would be funny. It's it's the, the Bible's attempt at humor. And that would actually, ah, that would have been so nice. We could add a nice, you know, like easygoing chapter of the the Bible, a nice like, uh, and here's, here was, here are the best top comedy acts from the Bronze Age. You know what? That would have been nice. I would, or or are we to the Iron Age now? I don't know. Whatever age we're in. (laughs) Well, isn't that necessary? I mean, this is a Bible, this is a book of like all this crap from this time period. And, and, you know, God should what reign over every form of human expression right should be song and dance and plays and whatever and there should be a comedy act so that should be that that should actually be what acts is it's just all the best sets from the louis ck's of the uh, the bible world but but no it's not it's just a bunch of crap so sorry to dash your dreams but it it's actually not all the things i said it's just uh let me see here yeah it's crap okay it's just crap Acts 11, and the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised and didst eat with them. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descend as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Upon the which, when I had fastened mine eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. That's always, uh, that's always my, that's my favorite part of this. Well, I can't say that really, but that's one of my favorite parts of this book is when you have a vision, when someone has like a vision in order to make it seem more credible, you have to describe a bunch of weird animals that you saw. Like that, <laughs> that tends to be a thing sometimes in the, in this uh, in this book. It's just like, well, hold on, you don't believe me? Well, hold on. I saw, you know, I, I saw a rabbit that had a goat's head and a, a eagle that had a horse's foot, and a, like just just describe a bunch of that. And then people are like, whoa, go on, I'm listening. <laughs> There was one book that did that a lot. I can't remember which one it was. I'll have to look that up. But uh, there's one where that was that was all of it. Uh, and I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. 
But I said, not so, Lord, for I, by slay, does he mean like just really shred on the guitar? Like, arise, slay. And he's like, okay, thanks, Lord. Thanks for this great gift of shredding. Uh, But I said, not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. (laughs) Sure. But the voice answered me again from heaven, what God hath cleansed. Oh, sorry. What God hath cleansed that called not thou common. And this was done three times. And they did that same thing three times. Why would you need to do the same vision three times? Isn't once once good enough? No. And, uh, And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he shewed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? And as I begin to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, and as us at the beginning... And then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he had said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's the option for people who are afraid of water, I guess. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us. Man, this the language really, uh, really flows off the tongue. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I, that I could withstand God? So this is some guy talking about how he was convinced of God, I think. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. So he's granted repentance unto the Gentiles. So I guess this is actually probably important. I don't know if this is the first time we're hearing this. Well, I guess it would be, yeah, because this is the first book that takes place after Jesus died. So it sounds like now, good news, everybody. Good news, everybody. Uh, we can now receive, so the Gentiles, which is all of us non-Jews, can now receive uh, Jesus. So that's that's an important development, I think. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice, and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with the purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. So, I mean, this is just all this to say is they're converting more and more people to Christianity, blah, 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 blah. I mean, really, is this really that interesting? And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Christians, the first use of the word, I think. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. 
And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. So this is just a random prophecy. I love I love how low the bar is, guys. This is just some guy randomly like, ah, oh. he just decided he was going to get in on all this, I think. And he's just like, oh, you know what? I'm getting, I'm getting a signal from the Lord. That's right. Let me just uh, tune in here. That's right. I'm getting a message from God. He says, there's going to be a great dearth, which means like, you know, famine or, or drought or something, whatever, just some, something like that. Yeah, there's going to be a great dearth sometime in, hold on, the future. And as to where, I'm told it will be on earth somewhere. Yes, on earth in the future, there will be a drought of some kind. And people are like, no way, dude, that's an incredible ability. And then like years and years later, something happens. They're like, oh, that guy predicted that. It's just, the bar is so low. It really is. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also, <clears throat> excuse me, also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Acts 12. Now, I hope this is funnier than Acts 11. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Ooh, we got a, we got a villain here, Herod the king. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded... Oh, okay, so that's the thing. So now it's Jews versus Christians. That's really... That's kind of interesting for once. This book is a little interesting because now the people that we, in the past, has been all about the, you know, the Jews, the chosen people, the Jews, the chosen people. Now it's like, okay, now our our protagonists are uh, the Christians. So it makes it a little different, at least. Finally, after six years of reading this, I get a slightly, very slightly different thing happening <laughs> after after the same thing over and over. And because he sought please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. What? What is that? I'm going to look that up. That seems weird. Oh, I was overthinking it. It just means there's some sort of feast. You know, they always have all these customs and feasts. Well, that was during this such and such feast, and that was during such and such. I guess they didn't have much else to do. They didn't have TV, I don't think. Uh, so I was, I, I, <laughs> I thought the days of unleavened bread was like some sort of era or something. <laughs> that was back when, uh, you know, back in my day when there was unleavened bread. And then they had at some point leavened the bread, and then that was kind of the, the line, like, <laughs> you know, like Y2K, like pre-Y2K, post-Y. Anyway, and when he apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So they've arrested Peter. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Mm, I wonder what's going to happen as a result of this. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Probably not, uh, not fastened tight enough, tightly enough, I guess. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. Because <laughs> he was like, no, come on, run, hurry, come on, keep up. He's like, sorry, I'm, I'm in sandals, dude. I'm wearing, first off, I'm wearing like a, a dress. My loins are not girded. 
and I'm wearing sandals. Okay, could you be a little patient? And then, uh, so, but he told him to gird and bind his sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Oh. I don't know if that means he's supposed to get naked or what. I, I don't know where this is headed with this angel, but uh, we'll remember, you'll remember the great angel wrestling episode from, I don't know, one of the books. I there's no way I could remember which it was. You know, one of the guys wrestled with a with an angel. It was, it was pretty sexual. It was, uh, you know, I, I'm not gay, but if I were, I could see like that being a little, uh, little sensual. And maybe this is the same thing. Let's see. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Then, uh, when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened of them of his own, to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And, and he didn't call either. So that was the end of their little tryst. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, <laughs> see, it just comes right on, says it. He was having a wet dream, I guess. What dream involving an angel? When Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. Everyone has different, whatever. Where many were gathered together praying. Oh, this is my, this is my favorite part of the reading. I, I love this. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said, thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then they said, it is his angel. So this is crucial. This is, this is one of those things, guys, that I, I should write down for my book, which is reasons that we should not trust these people. Because, okay, so their friend Peter, they know is alive, or they're, I mean, they have, they believe he's in jail. So they, I suppose they could think he was killed in jail or something, but, but they have every reason to suspect he's alive, right? And then he's in jail. Someone goes and says, hey, Peter's at the door. And the people inside think it's more likely that his angel is there. Now they're like, no, nah, it's his angel. It's not him. That's more likely to him to them. So these are the kind of, you know, quote unquote, reliable sources that we're dealing with in the Bible. There, it, it, it sounds like it was quite common for them to say like, yeah, it was an angel, uh, whatever. It was probably, it was probably an angel, you know, like the idea, because for obviously for you or I, or for any sane person, for any rational, skeptical person, I would believe, oh, they let him out of jail. He escaped. He, anything. He found a way out. He, he spontaneously flew out due to a giant gust of wind is more likely than his angel, which is not anything. So <laughs> aliens are more likely than angels. Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably right. I'd have to say, I mean, because Aliens, like you could, it's, we, we know that we exist and it's likely there's other things like us in the universe, or it's at least possible. And maybe they would have technology that could get us out of prison <laughs> someday. It's not likely. I'm not saying it is. It's more likely than being an angel, which is nothing. So that's a zero. Uh, we have no evidence of that. Absolutely none. So anyway, I just think it's funny that their, their first assumption, they're like, ah, it's just his angel. <laughs> 
But Peter continued knocking. And they're like, oh, it's not an angel. And, uh, and when they had opened the door, they saw him and were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their pe- They were just going to ignore it if it was his angel. They're like, ah, it's just his angel again, whatever. We'll, we'll, it'll, be, it'll be gone. By, uh, he probably just wants some food. Just put some snacks out there and uh, it'll be gone. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go shew these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers and uh, what was become of Peter. And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea to get a Caesarean section. I think I've said that before. And there abode. But Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they, so in case you didn't catch that, they were looking for Peter. They're like, where is he? And then his jail keepers were executed or at least commanded to be executed. But they come, they came with one accord to him and having made Blastus, the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. This is uh, Tyre and Sidon. So it's with them of Tyre and Sidon. I don't know if it's just people of that, those two cities uh, or ambassadors or what. And upon a day set Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made oration unto them. And people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a god and not of a man. Oh yeah, Herod was very apparently very godly sounding. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave the ghost. So he just died. So, okay. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Acts 13, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the isles unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus. Bar Bar-Jesus. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I wonder what the origin of that is. Let's see. Oh, okay. It literally means son of Yeshua, because Jesus is Joshua or Yeshua, etc. That's what that name is, um, which means savior. But uh, maybe it's unrelated uh, because Yeshua was a common name. I think I heard that one in 10 people were named Yeshua at the time. So uh, that could be wrong. But I did, I do remember hearing that from like, uh, from Richard Carrier or some Bible expert at some point. One in 20, maybe? It was a common name. Anyway, which was with the deputy. So this is, there's this false prophet, Bar Jesus. <laughs> um, and which is, a, I don't know, it just sounds funny. We're so used to Jesus. I thought it had some significance, but it probably doesn't. Which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul 
and desire to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, okay, Elimus is also Bar-Jesus, that's the same guy. Elimus the sorcerer, for sor- so his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who's also called Paul, everyone has to have two names, can't just have one, it's got to be at least two, filled with the Holy Ghost and set his eyes upon him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Persia and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Persia, they came to Antioch and Pisida, Pisidia, and went in, un, into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Isn't it amazing how bad this is? <laughs> like, even the New Testament... This great piece of literature, supposedly, it's still, it's boring. It's hard to follow. There's not, it just, oh, now they went there. They went there. And then they went there. They talked to the guy. They went to there. Like, just give us a couple characters. Give us a good story arc. Give us some challenges. Give us conflict. It's just reporting. And it's not even particularly good reporting. And after the reading of the law and the prophets and the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with a high arm brought he them out of it. And about the time forty years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. Oh, this is the great part where we get to read the Old Testament again in the New Testament. We've already read this. And afterward they desired a king, and God gave us Saul the son of Siz a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. And when he removed them, he raised up to them David to be their king, whom also gave their testimony and said, this is David, son of Jesse, man after my own heart, which shall fulfill my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, And as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of his salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And they found, though they found no cause of death in him, yet they desired that... This is, we're just repeating. What's, they desired of Pilate that they, he should be slain. 
And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from the dead, and he was seen, you know, we just read this, he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declared unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, to their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Uh Yeah, that's... So again, that's supposed to be proof that this was predicted in the Old Testament. See how easy this is. Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. So that means that he raised Jesus from the dead. Like, that's pretty vague. But anyway... And as concerning that he raised him from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on the wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David, wherewith he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer the Holy One to see corruption. For David, he saith, after he hath served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that Through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that that believe are justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. All right, so this is some real New Testament stuff. This is some real Christianity stuff. It's like, okay, then now, now they're starting to differentiate themselves. They couldn't be justified by the law of Moses, but if you believe in God, you're just, or sorry, you believe in Jesus, uh, by him that are justified from all things. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them in the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, Many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Uh Uh-oh. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold, and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad, and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed." And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. So uh, this was interesting. Let's see. The wax bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should have first been spoken to you But seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So that's them saying, like, all right, Jews, 
you, it was necessary that the word of God, <laughs> so God, for some reason, needed to, you know, start with you, but now he's moving on. He's, it's no longer about the Jews. We're on to the Gentiles now. The Jews are yesterday. They're old news. All right, Acts 14. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Lycaonia, and unto the region that lieth round about, and there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen to this guy. I It's such a surprise every time they introduce some random guy. Just, oh, and there was a guy who was missing a leg and his face didn't work and his mouth was locked shut and his... And his, I don't know, his nose was had three nostrils instead of two. And it's like, oh, he's cured. So let's see if this is what will happen. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. What do you know? I am so shocked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lycaonia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men, just like they did not for Jesus, they will do for some guy who's not the son of God. And they called Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul, and Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands unto the gate, and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out, and saying, Sirs, why do you do these things? We are also of men, men of passions like you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made in heaven and earth and the sea, and all the things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he let not himself without witness, in that he did good, and gave us refrain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings scarce restrained they the people, that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Oh, is he not? Let's see. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up, Zombie Paul, it's zombie Paul. He rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And when they came, he had they had, and sorry, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. That not a word about his stoning injuries. I want to hear about that. Like, is his, is he messed up or his bones broken? Did they heal? Uh, you know, how did that work? But no, not a word on that. 
And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed throughout Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Persia, they went down into Italia, and thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come, and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode a long time with the disciples." Well, that's the end of our reading for this week. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening. I appreciate it so much. I especially appreciate my lovely, lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash tnthb, who are the reason the show continues. Got a new patron by the name of Seth L. Thank you very much, Seth L. And uh, others, like I said, tnthb, patreon.com slash tnthb, if you would like to pledge. And then, of course, I got to thank my all-time greats, John Bodley, Chris Lukowski, uh, Marcel... Sarah McPike, Japan Dan, Katie, Stacy Sweeney, George Green, Charles Bangwiener, Tom Chambers, Brian Gerford, Lee Primesberger, John P., Travis Peterson, Heriberto. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. See you next week. <laughs>